Tonight's narrative is made possible by viewers like you and Hover.com, an easy way to find and register a domain name. Use promo code REACH to get 10% off. Boy, we have lots to talk about. I was going to talk a little bit about China and Macron, and then I was going to do Elon Musk. Why don't we talk a little bit about what's happening globally with China? Because a lot of this is stuff that's not getting attention in other news organizations. And I think it's worthy of some attention here. There was a incredibly detailed report issued by the Department of Defense to the House about China's growth and China's expansionist ideals around the world. And as we watch Macron arriving for his White House state dinner with Biden, we know that one of the subjects that has come up in conversation between the two leaders has been China and just how, what should NATO do in response to what could become aggression from China towards Taiwan, which is pretty much expected now. But this report, it's got an incredibly detailed look at what Xi is planning to do with his military and the expansion of their military and all with goal of really reuniting China by 2014. So, you know, the buildup of the militarization of Chinese society is happening before our very eyes and with a target of really attacking Taiwan um, amongst other sort of foreign expansionist ideals. I haven't read the report, but the phrase in Chinese there, the community of common destiny, that means a world that they run. Yeah. The common yes. destiny is you share ours with us, which we run. So you yeah. run, we, we run you. Yeah, and there's no doubt. And they wanted to take over the world. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going to actually read this to everyone so they can just get a sense of what it is we're talking about here. In 2049, so she has two plans. He's, there was one plan going up to 2049, but he split it into two separate sections. And into, so the first stage is from 2021 to 2035. So we're already well into that. And in, during this phase, the party aims for the PRC to basically meet its initial thresholds for becoming a great modern socialist country. In the stage, the PRC will likely continue to prioritize economic development as the central task, but rather than rapid economic growth, it will seek to address its uneven economic development and inequalities so that Beijing recognizes a new principle contradiction in PRC society in the new era, yada, yada, yada. So by 2035, the PRC will also seek to increase its economic and technological strength to become a global leader in innovation, named to basically complete its military modernization. The PRC will also seek to significantly strengthen its cultural soft power and improve its domestic rule of law and governance systems. So that global leader in innovation means overtaking the United States in every aspect of the military might of China. The rest of this report goes into the details around that. But that's a significant goal, and we're maybe a decade away from that if their plans are accurate. So terrifying on many levels, because it does mean that our worst fears really are being are being realized there. And in the second stage, 2035 to 2049, the PRC aims to complete its development and attain national rejuvenation. This is the global leader in terms of comprehensive national strength and international influence. This is basically when they take over the world, as you pointed out, as you called it, the world-class military and assume a leading position within the international order, revised in line with Beijing's overall foreign policy goal to establish its community of common destiny or the PRC's preferred official translation community with a shared future for mankind, which is their shared future. I was struck by the clarity around all of this and how, how specific it is. Rishi Sunak said the golden age of China and UK relations is over. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at Macron, when you look at what's going on with NATO, everything is shifting towards a real re-examination of the world's relationship with China. And it's a hard one because they're not going to stop. And there's only so much soft influence that people can use against this kind of international, I don't want to call it aggression, but it is aggression. There's no other way to describe it. 
No, it's absolutely. I mean, that military supremacy that they seek was through stealing our stuff. They can't make it themselves. We're going to take back the chip manufacturing. We lowered the boom on Huawei and ZTE equipment entirely in the last two weeks. And it's like, it's done. Your crap's coming out. This is the deep stuff that needs to happen now is we had some traders in this country who allowed Huawei to put in telecom equipment near our missile silos. We're done letting incompetent mobsters run the most powerful nation in the history of the planet. It's done, guys. Thanks if you're you. a mob boss, if you're a mob toady in whatever city, whatever scummy corner of America you inhabit, party's over. Sorry. The secret life of Elon Musk. You know, we did one episode of this and then we got completely sidetracked by the fact that he was buying Twitter. But it's worth talking a little bit more about Elon Musk and about one particular chapter of his life where he basically lied about his university degrees. Let's back up a little bit here and explain to you how all of this fits into, into why it matters for Elon Musk anyhow in the first place. These are all the things that he claims to have been in his life, everything from the creator of the EV to just being a babe magnet. There's all this mythology around Elon Musk that's hard to believe because it's impossible for any one person to do all those things. And now it turns out that some of it is beginning to fray. And because we know, we've discussed here on the show, he certainly is of under Chinese influence to a certain or greater extent. But he's also lied about some of the fundamental things that would normally get you the kind of jobs that he has, like being the Twitter CEO. It's worthwhile just recalling a little bit about how he got to where he is today. Before he was part of the PayPal mafia, which is what happened in 1999, when he and Peter Thiel and a bunch of other people started PayPal. He did something called Zip2, which is something that he and his brother, I think, developed. And it was basically a compression software, if you like. That was in 1995. He started developing it in Canada when he still lived in Canada, but then moved to Silicon Valley to raise all that funding. It's around that time that he said that he had attended Stanford, which he never attended, despite his many claims to have attended Stanford. He never went there. In fact, his only place he's ever been, as far as we can tell, was Penn. And even there, he said he, he got a physics degree. And by all accounts, he didn't even get a physics degree. He got a Bachelor of Arts degree. Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? I'm sure people lie about their resumes a lot. This seems to matter to me because he's inventing things like space rockets that go into space. So it matters if he doesn't have a physics degree, one would think, or self-driving cars. It matters that these cars should have some sort of scientific backing to them if he's claiming to have that kind of knowledge. It certainly adds a layer of belief in his abilities. So here's the evidence that we have around this. He did go to college, which was in Pennsylvania. He operated basically a full-on frat house there, by all accounts. If you look at this particular coverage here, someone called it, it was a full out unlicensed speakeasy, which is what we expect for Elon Musk in some ways. This reporting says Musk blossomed even more at Penn and really started to feel comfortable while hanging out with his fellow physics students at Penn. At Penn, he met people that thought like him. May said there were some nerds there. He so enjoyed them. I remember going for lunch with them and they were talking physics things. They were saying A plus B equals pi squared or whatever. They would laugh out loud. It was cool to see him so happy. Once again, however, Musk did not make many friends among the broader school body. It's difficult to find former students who remember him being there at all. But he did make one very close friend named Adia Resi, who would go on to be a Silicon Valley entrepreneur in his own right, to this day, tied with Elon as anyone. And I believe Elon's, this guy, Mr. Adia Resi, was one of the funders of that Zip2 company. But it is interesting that he didn't actually get the physics degree. They didn't study that as far as we can tell. And that he didn't really know a lot of people on campus because 
maybe he wasn't at campus as much as people think he was. Here is the degree that we could find of him. So there's a Bachelor of Arts degree. There's no physics thing here. It's just, you know, this is the one thing he was able to show that he, so he did definitely go to the University of Pennsylvania and he did get a Bachelor of Arts degree, but there's no indication that he got the physics degree. Here's a letter from, this is from Stanford University. Stanford's re registrar, no yeah. such record. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, why is no such record of him? Because he said he went there. Now, he does have some complicated explanation of how he had applied and then he chose not to. And then he, he, there's a whole story going on here. Because what he kept telling people all the way through his early part of his career is that he had been to Stanford. So in the various times that he got sued during his kind of illustrious career, there's been all sorts of depositions taken in this regard, and he has one of them. So I'm just going to read from this. It goes here to say, information regarding your background for the business plan, is that correct? He's answering probably that's what they, con they contributed to question as you sit here today do you have any recollection of anyone else writing your biography for the business plan no that doesn't mean that i wrote it and as you read the bio for you and the business plan on page 14 is everything in that bio true and correct yeah yes okay so you received a bs in computational physics from penn yeah okay when you worked at microsoft's advanced products Actually, I should be clear about that. So I obtained the one graduate degree in business and physics and an agreement with the University of Pennsylvania. They said that I could have, I could complete the English and history credits when I was no longer a student at Stanford. So they would delay transmitting the degree until I had done that. Look, this is not an uncommon thing with grifters and spies and folks and stuff. The guy runs grifts. I mean, just ask yourself something. How would anybody have enough time to run as many companies as he has and tweet as much as he has? And it's impossible to be, to be constantly going on. I mean, he's more interested in podcasts and trolling than he is space, transition to electric vehicles from a fossil fuel-based fleet, Hyperloop. You're in your lane. No, oh, that's right. He's going to implant, you know, Ataris in our heads or whatever. It should be no surprise to find that he didn't study what he said he studied. He's very clearly a front for different forces. I don't buy the origin story of, you know, he starts with $28,000 from dad in 1995 and just ends up with an eight digit net worth. I'm sure there, that was all organic. Anytime you hear five digits becoming eight, <laughs> there's, yeah. you know, it's Look, I think something, there's a force at play. And if it's genius, that does happen. Although a lot of geniuses get taken advantage of by business grifters. Look, I think we're seeing here, and why it's important, why I think it's important to look at some of the stuff is because whether we know or don't know that he's a Chinese asset, whether we accept that or don't accept that, there is an understanding sort of that he's some smart dude, that he's capable beyond other people's capability. And yet we've now entrusted him, you know, as a society have said, okay, let's give Elon Musk a chance to try and do his thing with Twitter. But there's nothing in Elon Musk's past that makes him feel like he's credible or able to do any of these things. I mean, yes, is a company that produces cars that are run on electric vehicles, but is it his doing? I don't know. SpaceX, is it his doing? I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like if he can't even be honest about his degrees that he had at university, if he can't cough up a true biography of where he went to, whether he went to Stanford or not, it's crucial that people know this about him if we're going to hand over big chunks of our town square in this case, or other parts of our economy to them. And because he's also got some unusual plans. His plans for Twitter are quite remarkable. And this comes from some of the evidence that was released in the court case around his purchase of Twitter. And in it, he talks about wanting to create a blockchain 
social media system that does both payments and short messages backed onto Twitter. You have to pay a tiny amount to register your message on the chain, which will cut out the vast majority of spam and bots. There's no threat to free speech is guaranteed. Now, I don't know if this is true, but is it okay for this guy who might be a Chinese asset who may have lied about his, where he went to school to come on into a place like Twitter and turn it into a blockchain, a currency of some sort? It's speculative still, but I think it's still very challenging that we don't have very much transparency into who Elon Musk is and what he is doing at Twitter. Hi there, it's Zev from Narrative. Have you ever had a great business idea, but just didn't know where to start? Well, one of the first steps to building a new business is a domain name by Hover. That's because it's more important than ever to have an online presence and your domain name by Hover is your first step in building your online brand. For a limited time at hover.com forward slash reach, you get 10% off. Hover makes it quick and easy to find the perfect domain name for your business with over 400 available extensions. And with their Connect feature, you can easily connect your Hover domain name to many popular website builders with just a few clicks. Plus, Hover offers free Who Is Privacy. That's free Who Is Privacy that protects your personal information from being released online. Don't let the complicated search, sign-up, and connection process of other domain providers stop you from starting your online brand today. Hover makes it easy to get started, so what are you waiting for? Find your perfect domain name at hover.com forward slash reach. Plus, Narrative Live viewers get 10% off right now. If you use the promo code REACH, that's R-E-A-C-H, or go to hover, H-O-V-E-R dot com forward slash reach, R-E-A-C-H. Yeah, the money's not going to launder itself, right? So I guess we need to add some cryptocurrency to tweets. You know, Twitter's already changing. I got other people's tweets turning up my timeline. Like they fired all but two attorneys or something. They got rid of all these coders. I think the only useful thing he said is he like called, he let a little bit of a cat out of the bag with, will any of the people who actually can code meet me on the 10th floor, which is like he was letting the cat out of the bag that there's a lot of people at these tech companies who get gigs because of who their parents are and yeah. not from what they can do or because they're basically spies for some other country. And uh, so that was interesting to, to, to actually see represented. But look, one wonders how the functionality of any company is going to go and you start bleeding talent to that degree. What's interesting here is you go back to the 90s is you go like this, the, you know, the, the one generation of American technological rollout here got heavily, heavily infiltrated by foreigners and spies. And around that time, I was working think tanks in Washington, D.C., looking at the future of technology and science and social trends. And there was a heavy hand of the intelligence community in that. And after 9-11, all of that got sucked out of D.C. and sent over to San Francisco, where mm. it was put in the hands of all these people that did not have the national security of the United States or any other country in mind. And part of that's from the Clinton era, that they opened the door to this. And we are paying the bill on that. And now we need a firm hand from a strong government that can come in and control the rollout of the most powerful technologies in human history. And it cannot be left up to a bunch of people who make up their fucking report cards from third grade. Exactly. That's done.
Look, I think it's really, what you're saying is absolutely true. And when you look into the, the real history of Elon Musk at Silicon Valley, XCOM, which was the, the X.com, which is a company that he launched preceding PayPal. Yes, it was him as the figurehead guy in front of it. But actually, if you look at the other founders, there's five Chinese nationals there who helped him with X.com, which they transformed into PayPal. And then when you look at actual PayPal's own descriptions from the time period, was that PayPal is committed to providing companies with world-class procurement, things. expenditure management, software as a service solutions. Yeah, mm. they were working to help mm -mm. the Chinese do this kind of stuff. And before that, he was- What could it all mean? What could it all mean? And fast forward to now this guy is running Twitter and it's lying about all these, how he got there, lying about his degrees. We have questions about Elon Musk that make you a little terrified about what may be happening next to Twitter, but we're in here for the long haul, at least I am. I hope you are too. And we'll see what happens in the coming months. We're over time, but thank you, Eric. A good show, really interesting stuff. Thank you for raising that Sheldon Whitehouse stuff. Let's tell people about your podcast because I... I just refound it. I don't know if it'll be out there again on YouTube, but it's really great to see you on video doing it. And it's really fascinating. So tell people about that and, and where they can find it. I've just got a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Eric Garland Trends or look for my name. And it's me and talking about this stuff. So thank you, Eric. And Especially since we don't know what's going to happen with Twitter and YouTube seems to be a lot more stable. So come Absolutely. And it's a great podcast. It's really fun and interesting. You get to learn about the news of the day, but I love your insights into the intelligence world and you always learn something from those podcasts. It's really great to have both. So Game Theory Today with Eric Garland, check it out. And you can always uh, support Narrative at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And you can also subscribe to our channels. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button right now. And with that, we wish you a very good night. Every minute of Narrative's reporting Every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative, where truth lives.